Hello, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the studios of 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. As you know by now, the picket is continuing outside the CUB plant at Abbotsford in Melbourne. 110 days ago, the owners of Cutton United Brewery fired the 55 workers in the maintenance team and said they could reapply for their jobs at 35% of their existing wage with cuts to their conditions. Today, we will feature an update on the picket as the blokes were getting ready for the grand final weekend. The Young Workers' Centre down at Victoria Trades Hall has been putting runs on the board over the last year and on Friday, October the 7th, it runs its first Young Workers' Conference. We will find out about that as well. We will finish with Ben Davis from the AWU reflecting on the recent decision of the Andrews Labor Government in Victoria to boost local jobs with the new contract to build the rolling stock for the railways. This is in sharp contrast to the Mike Baird Liberal Coalition Government in New South Wales, who outsourced to Korea. Anyway, Ben Davis gives his union's views on the Victorian Government decision. But first, some union news. ACTU President Jed Carney will be speaking on behalf of employees at an international labour organisation forum on violence against women and men in the world of work in Geneva this week. The forum is the first step in establishing international labour standards relating to violence in the workplace. Whether this violence takes the form of physical bullying, psychological bullying, sexual harassment or assault, or domestic and family violence, we need to acknowledge that workplaces need to be doing more to prevent this and work together internationally against it, Ms Carney says. The CPS rolling strikes at airports has finally caused the government to blink. The CPSU, which covers public servants, has been running rolling strikes across the uh, government services in order to bring the government to the table to negotiate their EBA. Nadine Flood, the National Secretary of the CPSU, had this to say. We've just come out of the Fair Work Commission where Fair Work has ordered tonight that strike action in the Department of Immigration and Border Protection be suspended pending a full hearing next week. We've been saying for some weeks the Commonwealth Government has a choice, either sit down and sort this mess out or take us to fair work and let the independent umpire make a decision. For more than a thousand days, these workers, their families and the community have suffered the impacts of this ongoing dispute and it is well past time for Prime Minister Turnbull to fix this mess, not just for DIBP, but for all Commonwealth workers. I want to thank our members for their strong and continued support and we look forward to finding a resolution to this ongoing dispute. In the ongoing dispute between CSL and the MUA, 
CSL, who has been systematically replacing Australian crews with cheap and highly exploited foreign crews, according to the MUA. The MUA reported on October the 1st that CSL Australia announced the removal of the Australian crew from CSL Brisbane, which is at dry dock in Singapore, with the vessel to now be manned by a foreign crew. CSL have notified that they are going to relinquish the Australian Transitional General Licence which the CSL Brisbane currently sails under and return the vessel to the CSL International Fleet trading in the Asia area. At this stage, no crew have been made redundant or terminated. However, the CSL have advised they will be seeking voluntary redundancy across the fleet. MUA is in regular contact with the crew and providing as much information as possible at this early stage. The union is developing a full industrial, political, international and legal strategy, according to the MUA, to deal with this latest attack on Australian seafarers. MUA Assistant National Secretary Ian Brady and National Officer Michelle Myers on the ground in Montreal, where they will meet the CSL International on Monday the 3rd of October. You're on Stick Together with Annie McLaughlin produced at 3CR Melbourne and distributed by the Community Radio Network. It's been over 110 days that the CUB 55 have been picketing for their jobs outside the Abbotsford plant in Melbourne. The attack on wages and conditions by the company, owned by Sab Miller, the second biggest brewer in the world, is seen as a touchstone moment in present-day Australian industrial relations. I went down to the picket on the Thursday before the grand final on October the 1st. You will remember the CUB 55 were promoting a CUB free grand final. First up, we'll hear from some of the men and then a lowdown from ETU Victorian Secretary Troy Gray. You'll remember that the main unions representing the men are the ETU and the AMWU. I'm from 3CR. I yeah. do the um, Stick Together show. All right. Yeah. Do you want to have a word about what, why you're down here today? For justice in their dispute. What's at stake, do you reckon? Well, the, the stake with these blokes is a, is a great whack of their wages. The stake for the whole working class is um, if it happens here... It can happen everywhere else, and it is happening in other places, and um, it will come in, become endemic right throughout the um, through through industry, and um, wages will be cut everywhere. The bosses are making more profits. The workers they want to want to um, have their earn less. It's not on workers. Have you you've uh, had experience of this type of thing before? Yeah, I've been involved in one or two stoppages. Yeah. Um, they, this one is a particular type of thing. It's going across the whole of a, the country, isn't it? This uh, lower wages, lower conditions. There's a concerted attack. It, it is, and if we and if, if we let it happen, it, um, it'll, it'll become a plague. And um, once it gets to plague proportions, it's going to be very hard to stop. We need to stop it now. Boredom and uh... hey, Pete, how are you, mate? Good. You got one of them shares? Yeah, yeah, bought one of these. What have they all sold out? 
Oh, yeah, they're pretty hot to me in these. Oh, a few got some freebies though, eh? Was that a freebie? That no, one? definitely not. Yeah, I'll pay yeah, for this no, one. Some of the first car got freebies. Yeah. yeah. Nah, wouldn't pay for it, so. Who else is there? But they're going pretty hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah ETU, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So. Battle of the Brewery t shirts. Yeah, hot so, property. Yeah people I here? Have, yes. Yeah, I'm from 3CR Stick Together Show, so I'm just uh, following up what's going on here and uh, leading up to the grand final. Yeah, well hopefully uh, we'll run, they'll run out of uh, Carlton United Brewery uh, beer uh, yeah. after the grand final or before if, even better. Yeah, so we're, we're having a non-CUB barbecue at home Good on uh, you. for grand final day. Yeah. yeah. And I've just brought my daughter down, this is her first picket line. Alright, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, it's a horrible thing to happen, but it's nice to see everyone strong and keeping together yeah that's great what's your pick for uh, a cub uh um barbecue uh, you know without a cub what's your pick for the right kind of drink uh at the moment i'm going for a mountain goat fancy pants this uh, have to be my favorite brew at the moment (laughs) and i've been tasting a lot of different brews lately thanks to this dispute uh, which has been probably the only bright thing about it do you want to tell me how you feel about all these people turning up today um really good actually it's a big turnout uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of support, a lot of community support, so it's, um, it's a good day for everyone. Yeah. Uh, what's at stake for you? Um, my entire future, really. I'm one of the apprentices, so basically I've got an entire career ahead of me. So if we don't get back in here, it's probably going to destroy um, all my future opportunities. I'm going to have to find something else to do. Yeah. Okay, thanks very much. Thank All right, well, 16 weeks ago um, at the iconic CUB factory in Melbourne, uh, CUB management terminated through a contractor, all their maintenance staff, uh, and 55 workers were told you can have a uh, comeback the same day with a new contractor, uh, and that would be a non-union agreement, and the terms of that agreement would be 65% less uh, than their existing terms and uh, uh, contract on the union terms and conditions. Uh, here we are 16 weeks later. Uh, we haven't returned back to work, and we won't, unless it's under the existing terms and conditions and uh, productivity for the plant has gone through the floor, um, but the support has been uh, unprecedented. So, yeah, tell me about the uh, loss in um, production. At the, uh, the start of the dispute, there was one, and it's a lot of beer, 1.2 million slabs or carton of beer uh, that went out the gate per week. Uh, last week, they managed a grand total of about 180,000. So, unfortunately, through the uh, decision-making uh, strategy of the, the company and the management, um, the profit loss in the last 16 weeks runs into the millions and millions of dollars. Sooner or later, common sense has to prevail, and uh, we'd call on the new owners that take over CUB on the 10th of October um, to have a, a bit of common sense approach and re-employ the, uh, the SAC C, CUB 55 workers. Now, Carrie Woodburn, who was put in by Sab Miller, had said that he thought that it was all going to be over in two weeks. Yeah, look, we get a lot of great feedback. You know, we get a lot of support still from the production workers and even within management. You know, most of management at a lower level support uh, these CUB 55. Uh, and we've had feedback, and it's, it's correct feedback, that it was his decision, his strategy, and he said uh, we'll break these workers within two to three weeks. And uh, proudly we stand here 16 weeks, and every day longer we get stronger. Now, you've been uh, getting support from right across Australia? Look, the, the support, I mean, the ETU's been around 114 years, and we've been in a, you know, quite a few blues. I have never seen the support for any picket line, and I was involved 
uh, not at an organisational level, but certainly at a, a supporting level with the Patricks dispute. Um, I have never seen the support for a picket line across Australia uh, or a dispute that this, this one has uh, attracted. Um, it is incredible and it's come from all unions, all workers, not just union workers, you know, workers that still believe in a fair go. Uh, this issue of, you know, temp work, insecure work, um, low wages is an issue that resonates with you know, millions of Australian workers, I think, and, and this dispute has sort of tapped into that, that issue that's in the back of everyone's head. Now, you've been uh, overseas as well. I went overseas for two weeks. It was actually a trip planned um, about three years ago. The, uh, the Brother Union of the Electrical Trades Union is the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, and they have a big conference every five years of all their officials. So there's about five or 6,000 officials that met uh, in St Louis. Uh, and we've got a uh, support, 100% uh, support from the IBEW. They've put um, InBev, uh, who own Budweiser over in America, on notice. And InBev take over this plan on the 10th of October that this dispute needs to be fixed. Um, as well as that, we met with uh, the Mighty Teamsters Union. Now, that's uh, America's largest union. It's America's strongest union. And they have the membership of just about all breweries in America. I was fortunate enough to meet with uh, Jimmy Hoffer and... Uh, him, Jimmy Hoffer and uh, the main teamster that covers all the breweries over there uh, are putting, uh, formally through correspondence, put InBev on notice to fix this dispute when they take over on the 10th of October and they're going to be meeting face-to-face uh, with InBev over the next couple of weeks. So the support internationally, not just America, uh, we've got it through Europe, we've got it through the Irish unions as well. To be honest, I've lost track of the support um, from other unions and other workers across the world. It's been... Uh, Staggeringly outstanding, and it's not just words, is it? People have put uh, their money where their mouth is. We, uh, I, I had the fortune to address uh, the Teamsters Women's Conference. That was on the last day I was in America, and uh, they put the hat around, and they got fifteen thousand dollars. Now that's fifteen thousand dollars just from a room. That's American money, so it's probably about thirty-five thousand dollars Australian money, or whatever that works out to be. But you know, these are people that you know probably didn't know about the dispute until I, I got the chance to address them and and to walk out of that room with fifteen thousand dollars. And uh, it's been followed up with about 10 emails from different Teamsters delegates and they're having meetings and raising more money. Um, for 55 Australian uh, workers, it's just exceptional. And uh, today we've got a family day down here, keeping the picket going as well as other strategies. Yeah, look, absolutely. You know, picket lines, are uh, they're hard things, you know. The, the first two days is a bit like camping without the fishing rods. Uh, and then things get awfully serious. You've got food to put on the table, you've got mortgages to pay, uh, and then there's the mental uh, side of things that uh, you don't know whether you're going to get your job back, you don't know how your mortgage is going to get paid. So over the 16 weeks, we've had a a range of different rallies down there. Um, The MUA pulled out the docks and we had a big march just to get around these 55. Today's a family day. You know, we... There was a few issues, the Herald Sun, you know we, you're starting to win a dispute when the Herald Sun and Murdoch starts to get on your case, and we wear that with a badge of honour, um, and they tried this violence on the picket line when I was in America and all the rest of it, and that is absolute rubbish, and you know, it's a, a typical Herald Sun lie. Um, we wanted to give the, um, the picket line the true face it is, you know, they're all family men, you know, and uh, their families are here today, and we have, uh, you know, face magicians and uh, face painters and you know it's a, it's a great atmosphere and you know it's boosted these uh, these sack workers it's fantastic it's 16 weeks but you're here for the long haul right uh, every day it goes longer we get stronger and so does the support you know i just met with a couple of other unions um, before i came down here today and as i said uh, 
Financially, we can put food on the table, we can pay their mortgages up until Christmas and we will win this dispute with the support of all workers and all unions, not just around Australia but internationally as well and, and we will win this dispute. And uh, October the 10th is an important date? It is. Um, for the last probably 12 years, uh, CUB, everyone thinks it's an iconic Australian brand and it's an Australian company. It hasn't been. It hasn't been for many years. It's been owned for the last, I think, bit over a decade by uh, SAB Miller, Saab Miller, uh, which is a, basically a South African family-owned company, second biggest brewer in the world, and they did change the culture when they got there. They, they brought all the, you know, charm and sophistication that most white South Africans may have and changed the culture uh, substantially when they got here. Gary Woodburn is part of that culture. Now, they have just sold out to InBev, AB InBev, which is the largest brewer in the world. Now they formally take over on the 10th of October. I've wrote uh, to the Asia, the new Asia Pacific uh, manager for InBev and said, look, this is the uh, production loss, this is the history of the dispute, this is the brand damage. We stand ready to get back, uh, back to making beer and making you profit, um, but it means on union terms and conditions and every one of these 55 workers go back in. Um, and on the 10th of October, they formally own it 100%. So there's no excuses after that for InBev. The real question is, are they going to continue with the SAB strategy, um, given the fact that uh, there's next to no beer coming out of this factory and they've just bought it? Uh, I think uh, common sense and logic will prevail and uh, we'll sit down with management and resolve the dispute. But it will be on the existing terms and conditions of the union contract and we'll get them all back to work tomorrow. Stick together. 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 You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio. The Young Workers Centre at Victorian Trades Hall is part of the future strategy to build the unions. I spoke to Kelia Fitzpatrick about their first Young Workers Conference. So the Young Workers Centre is actually a uh, world first, isn't it? Yes, we're labelling it as a world first, um, as we don't know of any other model in the world that combines um, both legal services uh, and community organising in its approach. So we've definitely labelled ourselves a world first for young people uh, in terms of pursuing um, labour rights. Now, of course, uh, the idea of unions uh, contracting rather than expanding, you're working against that trend, aren't you? Oh, that's what we're trying to do. Um, we've seen, um, obviously, well-published and documented um, figures about the decline of union membership amongst young people. Um, and, you know, coinciding with that is a significant rise in precarious work um, and casual employment amongst young people. And we see a correlation between the two. We see young people who are very transient in terms of their workplace arrangements, so moving from job to job, from industry to industry. Um, and as, as that becomes the norm, um, joining an organisation to re represent you in a job that you don't see yourself being in for very long... Um, is just not something um, that is conducive to union membership. So we're trying to tackle that by creating a, a community of young workers that young people can be involved in um, and active participants in no matter what job they're in um, during their younger years. And so uh, this conference that's coming up, that's part of that strategy, isn't it? Yeah, it's part of bringing young people together to talk about the issues that they're experiencing in their workplaces. 
um, and giving them some um, campaigning and activist tools to be able to take action in their workplaces and communities where they see issues with um, pay or whether they see you know, in issues of bullying impacting young people in their workplaces um, or other kind of related social justice issues that they want to take action on. And you've had wins too, haven't you? We have had wins. Um, so we launched officially in February earlier this year, um, so February 2016. Uh, and in that time, we've, uh, we've um, made over $50,000 um, paid to young workers in back pay that their employer wasn't correctly paying them. So we've seen that as a, a very tangible way um, that giving young people information about their employment rights um, and the tools to do something about it if they choose to take action, really a real tangible outcome um, of the work we're trying to do. So have you had a lot of people uh, putting their names down to come to the conference? Yeah, we've been um, blown away by the registration numbers. We've had uh, over 230 uh, registrations um, from across Australia. Um, so the Australian Council of Trade Unions has partnered with us on this conference um, and so we've got some activists from coming from other states um, as well as a group of young workers from New Zealand. So we're really pleased at the enthusiasm and excitement um, for the event. Now there's a couple of other things. You've uh, got a couple of other initiatives which might be worth talking about which are the Union Summit Internships. Yeah, the Union Summer Internship Program um, has been running in Victoria um, on and off for at least the last 10 years, but it's actually an idea that we took from the United States um, where young people who wanted to get experience in the labour movement um, you know, in a more formal capacity did work placements and training with uh, labour unions, as they call them in the States, um, and it was identified as a really valuable um, way to give young people outside the movement um, experience in it um, and to really keep them involved and um, develop them to be the leaders of the future. So we are now running the Union Summer Program twice a year, um, so we run it in July as well, um, but we avoided calling it Union Winter because we didn't think that that was necessarily <laughs> the most positive message. No. <laughs> um, and we bring on young people um, uni students, but also um, those not in higher ed, those just working, and they do um, specific training at Trades Hall in uh, workplace rights, in how to have organising conversations, in the history of unions, and then they do the remainder of their placement with a Victorian trade union who takes them out to work sites, meet, takes them to meet delegates and members, and really gives them a on-the-ground experience about what it is to be organising workers um, in Victoria. And before I let you go on your busy way, Young Workers Pilot Program Grants. Yeah, we're really excited about the pilot uh, grants that the ACTU has agreed um, to fund as part of the Young Workers uh, Conference. Um, and we really wanted this conference to not just uh, finish up with a series of recommendations or resolutions that were passed by young people, because we know that um, they're all well and good for having ideas put on paper, but they're often ignored by um, others in the union movement, generally because they'd come from young people um, who are not at that level where decision-making is made in the trade union movement. So these grants are a way of actually allowing um, the ACTU to put their money where their mouth is and to put uh, grants of $5,000 behind ideas from young people that they've identified as uh, being really top-notch and ideas that they think um, 
will go some way in um, empowering young people um, and getting them involved in the trade union movement. So we're, we're really excited to see how that goes. It's the first time we've ever tried um, this pilot uh, program and can't wait to see the ideas that come through. You're on Stick Together, Union News and Workers' Stories. Early in September, the Victorian government brought tears to some local workers' eyes when they bucked the trend and decided to sign a contract for new rail stock to be built with local content. The Australian Workers' Union had some reservations, so I asked Ben Davis, Victorian Secretary of the AWU, for his union's views. Yeah, so the the high-capacity metropolitan trains contract um, requires 60 trains to be built, uh, the government policy is a minimum of 50% local content, although there's some argument about exactly what is and, in, is and isn't in the local content there. Uh, they've now awarded the contract to Downer, who have partnered up with a Chinese manufacturer. Um, they're claiming that they can get to 60% local content, given that they're importing the shell of the train from China. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but it is what it is. My concern about that decision is that it knocked back another alternative who could have, I believe, have got to 70% local content, who were prepared to manufacture effectively the whole train in uh, Victoria. Um, And in fact, they've gone for what I think is an overblown Meccano set or a Lego assembly set. So the train shell and most of the components will be manufactured overseas. They'll be imported into Australia and assembled here. The, the bidder that missed out were prepared to design the train carriage here, carriages here, uh, engineer and manufacture from go to woe. It would have had significant downstream impacts, good impacts for local suppliers in and around Dandenong and indeed across Victoria. So whilst I think 60% local content and a local mandate for local content is fantastic, I think it was a missed opportunity to lock in the future of train manufacturing in Victoria, not just train assembly, which is the option I think they've picked. Having said all of that, the, um, the, the last Liberal state government in Victoria had a, mac, had a minimum local content provision of 20 or 30%. So the Andrews government is miles ahead of that, as they are ahead of Mike Baird in New South Wales, who recently has tended $2.3 billion worth of train manufacturing to South Korea, holus bolus. So, you know, Daniel Andrews has, has sort of done the right thing, but I think they could have done better, which was the essence of the disagreement about that. But that's my view, and... Um, I'm just representing the interests of my members as I should every day. 3CR, always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. That's it for today's Stick Together. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Troy Gray and the CUB Picketers, Keelia Fitzpatrick and Ben Davis for talking to us. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 
8377. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time.